And after he left the party somewhat early, I messaged him three or four times on MySpace asking why he had left. Oh, Allie, I wish I could give you a hug. And welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? Allie, I wish that my date with the classmate could be convenient for our recording schedule. It's a really inconven- <laughs> inconvenient date schedule that you have going on, and I think we need to address that immediately. Yeah, the Monday to Monday evening dates are really not working because it means that I have no updates. It's not working for me either, to be clear. <laughs> I'll let him know. Thank this you. is negatively impacting both of us. It is. It is. We can't do emergency pod reconvenes every week. We cannot. That is not sustainable. However, here's my thought. It's just a second date. Next Monday, I will have the full wedding date update. So yes. that seems like it'll be fine. That is the date update that we have all been waiting for. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I am seeing the classmate tonight. And I don't know. I'm... I'm obviously excited, but I'm also very nervous. I just keep thinking, like, these are the thoughts that I have. I know that you're going to tell me I'm ridiculous, but I do keep having this feeling of what if the first date was a flash in the pan? You know, what if it's not as fun or the conversation isn't as stimulating? Like, what if, you know, I'm just like very scared. I'm going to show up and it's going to be like a dud. Like, it's just going to be this other side of the coin that's a disaster. It's not going to be a disaster. Fair. I think it's, I think it's. Yeah, it's not going to be a disaster. It might not be the like lightning flash in a pan from your first date because that actually isn't really sustainable anyway. Very true. Very true. So I think you should actually expect for it not to be that. Okay, that's a very good point. I I, I concede that. To our point too about, uh, you know, to all of our earlier conversations, and it, it even goes to what we say about F-Boy Island where it's like you don't want to just be talking about the whole time like – oh, wow, this is like so fun. This is so great. This is so whatever. Like, let's like settle in, learn about it, keep learning about each other. It's all good. Yes. Agreed. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I did have a conveniently timed date this week. Yes, first matchmaker date, right? First matchmaker date. We're calling him the accountant. Uh-huh. Very good. I all I'm thinking of is I'm an accountant. Yes. I, he, <laughs> is he really? Because or is he, this um a euphemism? Uh, he is actually an accountant, to my <laughs> knowledge. Hilarious. But yeah, so I had my first date for my matchmaker, as I mentioned, on Friday night. We are sort of Friday evening. We went and got drinks at 
this little sort of tropical themed bar. They had frozen pina coladas on tap. Amazing. I, this yeah. is a place that I would like. They were so good. The only thing that was a bummer is they have this really cute back patio, but it had just rained, so it was all wet back there. Mm. So we couldn't like totally vibe out with the palm trees. Mm-hmm. Just partial vibes. Partial vibes. Um, it was very fun. I was running a little bit late, as I am wont to do, and on his in his text to me as I was on my way, he said, I hope you like more of an intimate vibe. Yeah, your face what? is exactly what my face was. And I wrote to him and said, I'll take alarming things to read on the way to a first date for 500, Alex. Great response. And he then realized what it really looked like. But what he meant is we were the only people in the bar. Oh, my gosh. That's very funny. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, it was extremely easy conversation. My matchmaker had told me that one of the things that struck her about him was how easy he was to talk to. And that was definitely true. That's great. And um, like, how long did the date last? What was the overall feeling? So we met up at 4, well, it was supposed to be 4.15 and I was a bit late. So I would say more like 4.20. Um, and then I had a birthday party to go to afterwards in the city at six and I got there around 640. So I'd say we were together for like an hour and a half. Perfect amount of time. And I love the heart out as, as we recommend. Yes. And he knew that I had this birthday party in the city. He actually selected a bar that had very convenient subway access because he also lives in Brooklyn to get into the city, which I appreciated. That's really thoughtful. Yeah. And the birthday party theme was Florabama chic. That seems like an oxymoron. A little. Um, <laughs> I don't know that most chic of us <laughs> probably not. Most of us interpreted it as just tropical, and then mm-hmm. I, I also just threw on a fanny pack, um, which I am also want to do. Mm-hmm. Very Florida. I, I mean, I, so I, I actually wear a fanny pack very regularly. They're very convenient, especially in yeah. COVID, where all I carry is keys and like ten bucks in my phone extremely convenient. I also happen to have one that has my name on it. It looks like I got it made on a boardwalk. So it really fit in the theme quite well. So I had warned him that I was dressed this way. And I I think he was expecting something a little more extreme. So it was okay. Sort of almost over-promising in sort of the wrong direction. Therefore, under-delivering on an absurd theme outfit was the move. Yes, exactly. Um, And so then he had asked me to take a picture of like the best dressed from the event. So I had sent him a picture of this guy who was wearing a rubber ducky shirt who may actually listen to this podcast. So if you hear this, I sent your picture to somebody. Um. I like the – I really like the creating a moment to reestablish contact post-date. I really like that he did that. Agreed. So then it was like we didn't really have to wait to see if we were going to talk because I had promised to send him this thing. And then I did. And then that kind of spurred more conversation. Great. Is there a second date on the horizon? I think there will be. So he went to a wedding. He was in a wedding yesterday. It was a Sunday wedding. Okay. So he left for that wedding Saturday morning. Had He actually texted me. So I had a volleyball tournament on Saturday. He texted me Saturday morning wishing me luck in the tournament. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, really nice. And then he was on his way to the wedding. So like we've talked sort of intermittently. As I'm saying this, I'm realizing I need to reply to him because he texted me while I was during during my last meeting. So I mm-hmm. didn't have the chance to reply. Um, and I think so. I haven't regrouped with my matchmaker about it yet because she's on vacation today and tomorrow. Do you 
both give feedback to the matchmaker? Yes. Okay. And what gets then sent to you? What gets passed along? I'm not entirely sure. I do know that in terms of like setting up a second date, et cetera, that like that part is meant to function as if we'd met in the real world. Mm -hmm. So she's not facilitating a second date. She's not saying to him, he, oh, she wants to go out with you and, you, you know, unless maybe he's wondering, but I don't think he would be. Yeah. So that part sort of proceeds as normal as if, you know, basically she's just done the introducing part and now we're just dating mm-hmm. um, or going on dates, whatever you want to say. But the feedback part, so I will give her feedback in terms of not only like what I thought about him and the date, but anything from the date that I think could inform her future searches. That makes a lot of sense. And then simultaneously, I get feedback in, I think, sometimes like a constructive criticism way. Shoot. Of, yeah, like an exit interview, essentially. Oh my gosh. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. And the date was really good. So like I don't anticipate there being any – maybe he'll say I was late. I doubt it though. I don't think he cared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what she says. And I'm also not sure – I don't know whether she will like aggregate feedback or whether mm-hmm. it's like, here's what this person said about you. Like, I could go both ways on that because on Agreed. the one hand, it would be nice – like, if especially given that I'm hopefully going to see him again, it might be a little bit awkward to have feedback about him or about myself that I know he gave her. Yeah. No, that's having the inside line. That's incredible. Yeah, but not, not even in like a how – just – Anything, like anything he mentioned, you know what I mean? Like if right. let's say he does mention that I was late, totally fair if she's asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. But like is that now awkward when I go out with him again and I'm like, oh, I know he told her that I was late. Oh, yeah. All right. So I could see why she might want to wait to have more feedback that would then be more anonymous. At the same time, I can't implement feedback I don't know about. Absolutely. And also – you only have so many dates as a part of this. And so even your yeah. biggest sample size is still pretty small. That's true. And so I, I almost think a one-to-one ratio of date to feedback makes more sense. But I, 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 I think see you're probably both right. sides of your argument about it. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll, I'm connecting with her on Wednesday. Um, right. Hopefully by then. I think he's coming back to the city today because the wedding was last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully by then we'll have a second date on the horizon. Super exciting. And then match two is kind of around the corner? Yeah. So match two, who I also have not given a nickname to yet, um, he – actually, I'm going to call him the goalie. Okay. Um, So the goalie is – I need to go back and double check that that's the position he played, but I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Um, He gets back from his trip, I think, the end of this week. And then she's going to give him my contact information. Perfect. Oh, so much to look forward to. Yeah. Love it. So that was great. And I'm still pretty dry on the apps in terms of actual dates. I have Mm -hmm. been having a lot of conversations, but not many of them are going anywhere. Not converting? Yeah, I think – so I'm in retail – Right now, we're seeing like August is always a very slow time for e-com because people are out doing shit and they're not on their computers. They're not on their phones as much. Like they're doing stuff. It's the end of summer. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing translates to dating apps. I That totally checks out in terms of just like on a gut level for me. Mm-hmm. But 
do you think as we're heading, you know, people call it cuffing season. Do you think that there will be an uptick? I, there usually is. After usually Labor the Day, fall. Maybe? Yeah. Usually the fall is pretty. I also have been talking to a lot of, a lot might be a strong word. The sample size is small, but I have spoken to several people who are coming back to the city in September having been gone. Oh, for like, for how long? For COVID. Like this is now when they're coming back. Whoa. Okay. Great. Yeah. That's all the people that I've been freaking encountering in LA who are like, oh, yeah. sorry, I'm going to leave. Well, like people who like maybe they gave up their apartment. Right. Like maybe, you know, they moved home or they, you know, did like a digital nomad kind of thing for a while. Like I've talked to a few of those people, both on dating apps and also just people that I know mm-hmm. that are now saying like, okay, I'm going to sign a September or an October lease and move back. Great. Let's bring them in. Date them. Bring them in. Bring them in. Date them. Come on do. down. <laughs> you want to know who I have not heard from? I don't even remember. Trivia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how un- that's how unimportant he is that I couldn't even I remember he's his really, name. He's really fading in the in the rear view mirror here. Oh, you had a feeling. I did. Okay. This probably isn't the reason because the podcast aired today. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. Okay. I was like just trying to calc in my head, like, could it be that he heard that you were maybe a little bit softer on it, but that was only today. He would have only heard that today. He would have had to hear it during business hours, which is unlikely. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Trivia. Yeah. What's your- It's fine. What you- I haven't- I'm absolutely- I bear 50% of the responsibility. I haven't For reached sure. out. For sure. Do you plan to? No, I guess. Because I feel like I've we're now in that space where it's not ghosting, where both of us are opting out. He is yeah. not- like he knows I'm gone. He hasn't asked me out. He's not trying to keep in touch. And like I said, I I bear my part in that. We're both making choices. And so yeah. Yeah, you're right. Very interesting. Well, really interesting. I am excited to hear about your wedding with the classmate. Me too. I'm excited to live it. Um yes. yeah. But no, it should be good. I be so in Dallas, I have a good friend from college and mm-hmm. she and I walk in the mornings and she reminded me of a college phone throwing moment that was probably the first ever true like, oh, this is this is bad. Like th- this is the first time I probably conceptualized what a phone throwing moment was. Great. It happened to my roommate actually and she – Talk about anxious attachment. This girl is a case study. And she started dating – she started casually dating this guy. And it was quite obvious to us that she was the engine behind it. He was really not that into it. And she was just – like she was just making everything happen always. And um, he was – it just wasn't mutual at all. Sure. There was, um, they were supposed to go on a date, like a real date in college, you know, like out somewhere to dinner, not just like meeting up at a frat party or like studying in the library or whatever. Yeah. And all he texted her and said, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well and wanted to, and canceled. Uh-huh. And so she was saying to us like, oh, I should leave chicken soup at his dorm. Like I should do this stuff. And me and our other roommate, we lived in like a trio. Mm-hmm. We're like, we think not. Because we had a feeling this was a either a, a lie or a, a lie. Let's call it a lie. Yes, it was a lie. And so we're like, 
don't we don't think that's necessary like he said he doesn't want anything like he i think she texted and asked do you want anything uh-huh so this is when iPhones first came out and i don't know okay. if you remember this but do you remember how it, you would hit send and it would autocorrect the last word in your text like as it was sending i do not remember that yeah so it would change like once it was too late and oh. um it was a bad feature. <laughs> so she types in, I, I at some point, like the next day, she texts him, are you feeling better? Uh-huh. And feeling and better somehow got misspelled to a degree that as she hit send, we watch it transform to the word heterosexual. What? So it read, are you heterosexual? <gasps> and we were like, okay, this is over now. This man is – she never heard from him again. She, did she t- say it was a mistake? I believe – I'm sure she did. I'm sure she was, you know, texting him up a storm. But, yeah, that did not survive that. And it wasn't go- – like, that's the thing. It wasn't going to. That wasn't the cause of anything. No, that's not why. It was but, just so oh like, God. oh, she so didn't need that right now. No, that's not – that is not what she needed. Um, it's funny that you were reminded of, like, one of your first experiences with phone throwing – last week because I also was when my best friend from home commented on your epic phone throwing moment video mm-hmm. reminding me of the worst thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> which maybe not Love the worst thing but just like, like bring that back into our lives yes and she only had to write like three words that I knew exactly what she was talking about this was also in college it was I had it was freshman year perhaps Maybe early sophomore year, I had a flip phone. It was like T9 status. Mm-hmm. And I was – seeing is too strong of a word. I had met this guy that my best friend home's name is Christine. I had met one of Christine's friends from San Diego. She went to San Diego State, from San Diego from State. Um, and I was like texting with him. Now, mind you, at this – juncture. I was home. I forget. This This is like a rambling story now, but I I was home. Maybe fall break or winter break or something like that. At this juncture, I was extremely naive from a romantic perspective. I had yet to lose my virginity. I was like just extre- extremely naive. Early days in Allie's history. Early days in Allie's history. I was texting with this boy, really. Yeah. And... <laughs> And I intended on inviting him over to go hot tubbing. Okay. We had like previously talked about like my parents had a hot tub, like previously talked about like come over for hot tubbing. And I wanted to write like how about some hot tubbing tomorrow night. And I wrote how about some hot rubbing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That's that's great. That is great. I, I didn't notice also. Oh, so it just sat there. It just sat there and he didn't respond. And so when I went back to be I'm like, actually a little shocked he didn't respond. If like – because I feel like as – a man could definitely be like, yeah. Uh, but hot rubbing is so weird. It is weird. It's the classic <laughs> – It's the. it reminds me of Ellie Kemper's first ever viral video. The – I don't think I know that. Blowjob girl where she's like, we're going to make it dry like a desert. Yes. 
Yes. So it, that's not like a hot thing. Hot rubbing is not a hot thing to say. Fair. True. That is not a masterclass in sexting. No. <laughs> so, no. nor was I trying to to put on a masterclass in sexting. Also true. Uh, so when I went back to be like, oh, I truly don't even remember his name anymore. Not that I would say it, but I forget it actually. But when I went back to be like, oh, so-and-so hasn't replied to me, I'm like, oh, oh. That must have okay. been a rude awakening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you just leave it then too? I don't remember. I'll have to ask Christine if she remembers like any of the aftermath. I think I th- – oh, is that the same guy? There was another guy where I invited him. I think this is the same guy. I invited him to a house party that I had along with a bunch of other people. But like at the house party, I then like got too drunk at you know 19, 18, however old I was and proceeded to be all over him in like a, a very not cute way. Mm. And after he left the party somewhat early, I messaged him three or four times on MySpace asking why he had left. Oh, Allie, I wish I could give you a hug. (laughs) (laughs) That is so brutal. I love you. It was was really brutal. I think it was the same dude, but I'm going to have to ask Christine. She'll remember. Oh, that's amazing. So those are those are now two of my two of my phone throwing moments. Except the MySpace one wasn't on the phone because MySpace was not a phone app. I was True, literally like drunk. You had to computer. unplug the modem, <laughs> toss the giant cube out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so good. Uh, well, we have a callback. Yeah, from our reneging episode. Yeah, let's get into it. I think this is a this is a good question. um, Would you like me to read it or would you like to? I'll do it. Okay, great. So this listener says, I'm curious your thoughts on this situation, which I've kind of started to think of as inverse negging. An ex of mine would say comments to me that sort of implied him as the source of my confidence or understanding of myself. For example, when expressing I sometimes feel insecure about whether I'm intelligent enough, he'd say something like, well, you know I don't spend time with people I don't find intelligent, so you shouldn't be worried. He made a similar comment about a friend of his later – saying he was unsure why she was insecure because he was he was her friend, so obviously she's intelligent. I remember this rubbing me the wrong way, but I couldn't put words to why. So I would like to reframe this person a little bit. This is just negging. Yeah. This is exactly the same as I'm really selective, so don't be surprised if we don't match. So then you feel like you've been selected mm-hmm. by being matched. Yes. It's trying to make you feel like this person is of a superior, like, intelligence, coolness, you know, whatever adjective you want to use, than me, than everyone, actually, mm-hmm. example. And therefore, I need to prove myself to them so that I continue to stay in their good graces. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that a lot. It's it's really, it's really gross. I'm glad that it rubbed her the wrong way. And I hope that, obviously, it's framed as an X. That's great. Great. And so I hope now there's a vocabulary to it, which is pure negging, unadulterated, unpasteurized negging. Completely. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are 
I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And You'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Well, I am excited to get into this week's topic, which is something that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is dating app openers and you know early conversations. Yeah, just sort of like in-app messaging behavior, which we've definitely touched on in small ways in other episodes. But this is also something I feel like that, you know, this topic to me is a little bit like foundational to your content. Very true. It's like, yeah, this is like the house that Finding Mr. Hyatt was built on or the, that's a, that's not the saying. <laughs> the, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. yes, I mean, and this is what I always say when I talk to people about, you know, which one of my coaching programs would be best for them. People almost always start with the profile reboot, which mm-hmm. is where I make over somebody's dating app profile with them because in this day and age where the vast majority of new people that we're meeting are on dating apps, if that if you're on dating apps, that is the foundation to getting to go on dates and then figure out who you might be compatible with, who you want to date have a successful relationship, et cetera. Yeah. That doesn't happen unless you meet the people and go out with the people. Right. And so I think what can feel scary about that is like there's this feeling that you're going to be swiped left on by a person who would be super compatible to you. But then it – and so it's like, oh, God, like what do I need to do? Like I think that that can feel very scary. That said, the classmate's Bumble profile, he he needs a redo. (laughs) I do not know how we ended up on that date. <laughs> I thought that about the oyster and like now that that's like the, you know, gold standard for a good relationship, but yeah. it is an example of somebody that I had a great first date with where and now that I'm saying this, we need to do an episode on dating app profiles as well, sure. which we will get to. Maybe we should do that before this one. Oopsies. Um whatever. People people are with they know that we like to meander. Exactly. This is not news. <laughs> No. Um, so his his Bumble profile was one photo. He was sitting at his work desk wearing AirPods and a Patagonia vest. It was very clearly a selfie. He had absolutely nothing written in his profile. Wild. Okay. Classmates was more <laughs> had more than that. He had like he had answered questions and he had a little bio. Um, but two of his pictures may have well may as well have not existed. One of which he was standing in front of like the pyramids of Egypt. So he is tiny 
<laughs> in the frame. And then the other one is he has a helmet on. Oh, geez. Yes. Fully obscuring. I was like, dude, what's the point? Okay. So, yes, we will circle back on dating yeah. app profiles. Although, shout out to my dating app profile webinar, which is at the link in my bio, because if you want all of my advice on dating app profiles, you can check that out. Amazing. But so you've you've discovered somebody that you like, they've liked you, you've matched. Now we're trying to message. Yes. So obviously I think Bumble presents the unique challenge of A, women have to reach out first, and mm-hmm. B, there is a clock. Yes. And so I have internally, as somebody who manages a hinge and a Bumble profile, I've always felt like my approaches are a little different. My approaches are very different. Okay, great. Yeah. Because on Bumble, so in case somebody isn't familiar with Bumble, so women have to message first um, unless it is a male-male situation and then anybody can message first. And then if it's a female-female situation, then anybody also. But once so once you match whoever is going to be initiating the conversation has 24 hours to do so and then once that initial message is sent the other person has 24 hours to reply so the, there's sort of two clocks there yes and so my strategy on bumble is to stop that clock got to be half that has to be the move yeah get that person to reply mhm and i do this with the hook that I think you use the same one. Yeah. Which is, hey, Rourke, big question for you, dot, dot, dot. Love it. I have been told on TikTok that an ellipsis is chuggy. Okay. Not yeah. – ev- like, they've – they the world, the internet has decided that everything is chuggy. The girl who, like, brought that into our lexicon has apologized. It, like, th- how we've can punctuation – it's fucking grammar. Yeah. I, I will say, though, it is extremely effective. Mm-hmm. And you've, yes. you've experienced the same thing, right, in terms of the, your reply rate? Absolutely, because the the barrier to entry is incredibly low. All mm-hmm. they have to do to stop the clock on their side is say, question mark, like, what could this be? Or go ahead and shoot. Like, yeah. you know, the, it's so simple for them to just say something. And, you know, full disclosure, I will then send them a question, whether it's a sort of pro forma one that I have, or I look back at their profile and see if I have anything to say. And sometimes it like goes dead right after that. And I think that can be because it's so easy to respond to big question for you. And then it's harder to answer a real question that requires thought. And so that's why though, it's good to at least stop the clock and then just get them to like review your profile with a little more thoroughness, see if they want to speak to you more. Yeah. Yeah. Because so a lot of people that I have talked to about this have said like, yes, my reply rate to the hook is great, but then I don't have a great reply rate to the opening question that I then ask. And so what's the point? And Mm -hmm. my thought there is if somebody somebody doesn't reply to that opening question, now you know that they saw it and decided not to reply. That's a a really good distinction because obviously if it's your like opener opener, then – they could have just missed it and you'll never know. Right. Because of the clock, because of the mm-hmm. 24 hours. They could have just not checked their Bumble for a day and now you've expired. And if they don't pay for Bumble, they you're gone. There's no recourse. Right. So 
now, though, if you've gotten them to respond to the hook, you know they're checking. Mm-hmm. And there's no time limit on it. Yes. So, like, actually, I think that is, like, really helpful information because now you have weeded out somebody who doesn't want to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. You And you will never wonder. Nope. You know. So then, as I said, we have sort of – we both use either kind of copy-paste questions if there isn't anything, like, super inspiring on the profile. And then sometimes it'll be specific to the person. What are some of your favorites that you have kind of almost basically a version of a text script? Yeah. So I have one that I use more often than not. I think I have Mm -hmm. actually three categories. I have one that is like if there's nothing to work with on their profile and there's nothing sort of temporal going on in the world. Mm. And then I have ones that are a little bit more specific, which I'll talk about, and then ones that are totally individualized. So. The one that I most often use if I just have no inspiration on their profile or otherwise is, okay, imagine we're out to dinner. What shared appetizer are you lobbying for? Great one. I've used that as well. A little twist on that that I use often is if there are any mentions to weddings in their profile. Like let's say they've used the prompt, I'm a great plus one because, or let's say there's a picture of them at a wedding. A very high percentage of profiles are going to fall into these categories. Mm Mm-hmm. If any of that is true, I then adjust that prompt to talk about cocktail hour at a wedding. And like also what a great idea. What past appetizer are you hoping to see? And I've heard you say in the past that part of what you're trying to do with both of those openers, either the wedding or the dinner, is you're sort of trying to put you and that person in a situ in a kind of dating or intimate situation together. And yes. what's the logic behind that? So I think that this bit gets at trying to establish what I'm looking for up front. Mm-hmm. So it puts us, like you said, it puts us on a date. It puts us at a wedding together. It puts us in a scenario that one would be with somebody that you're pursuing something further than just a casual hookup with. Mm-hmm. And so I think right from the get-go, you're in that situation with them and you're, you're hopefully kind of putting yourself in that – you're putting them in that frame of mind. Yep. The other thing that I really like about it is all of the questions that I ask are always open-ended and require a little bit of creativity. And I think those are really important traits that I look for. So I also kind of – when I ask a question, I think to myself, is this a question that I would feel open to answering? Is this a question that I could riff off of and go back and forth on? And if the answer is yes and then the person cannot provide, not going to work. Right. Like, and that's one of the reasons why the appetizer works so well for both of us is because both of us are into eating and and food and trying different kinds of food. Yeah. So if it's somebody who writes back and is just like, eh, I guess we'll get mott sticks. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with mott sticks because I love fried cheese. But like, they don't really seem like somebody that I can, like you said, riff on this stuff with. And yeah, I've used it on someone who said, you know, like guacamole or something like that, which is again. Amazing. Great. And um, I said, like, great pick, whatever. And they said back, what about you? And my – so, like, my – if I see it on a menu, must order an ingredient is octopus. I love mm. octopus anything. And so I say that or a version of that back. And he responds, okay, we will never be ordering together. And, like, oh. clearly he's, like, a picky – maybe, like, a picky eater or, like, likes is, like, not into that 
fine. But I was like, okay, then moving then on. Goodbye. <laughs> Go- goodbye. Yeah. So what do you do if – so you say, you know, what shared appetizer are you lobbying for? What do you do if they just say guacamole? Because that literally happens to me. Th- literally that word, just yes. that answer happens to me all the time. I respond in a declarative, non-question, like supportive statement. Yep, same. Where I will say like, ultimate crowd pleaser, great choice. Yes. And then if they can't say back, and what's your suggestion? Or like, and what would you add to the mix? The conversation will just die and that is okay. Yeah. And they don't even have to say, what about you? Like they don't actually have to ask me the question back. They could continue to expand on the virtues of guacamole. I don't care. Like, totally. We're just now having a conversation. Yes. Like they could say back, um, you know, what's your take on cilantro and guacamole? Absolutely. Yeah. Like expand on the conversation. As we've said before, like go on different branches of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it like doesn't have to be – doesn't have to be an interview, you know, ping pong back and forth. Right. But it has to be – like the word I've used before is generative. Like you have to generate new content for this dialogue. <laughs> yes. The other thing that I like to see back to the creativity part is I oftentimes get a response to this question of, well, where are we eating? Oh my god, yes. I get that all the time. And I always – because again, I framed the question, imagine we're out to dinner – I always say back, it's your imagination, smiley face. I Mine is typically – my version of that is usually um, anywhere um, – shit, what do I say? It's like anywhere you would like, the world is your oyster. Yeah, I've said that before too. Yeah. And like – and then if they still continue to not pick something, then it's like, okay, you're, you're not playing ball here. Yeah, you got to – It's we've talked about improv before. It's yes and. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's like a category one opener. What was your category two? Category two is if there's something temporal happening in the broader world. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there it was raining this weekend in New York City. There was like the – was potentially going to be the hurricane. It got downgraded. It actually wasn't that bad in the city. Mm-hmm. And so it was raining. Nobody was doing anything. So I was asking people – I said, I'm looking for inspiration. What's your rainy day delivery order? Love that. That's a great one. And so then we were talking about like ramen or pho or, you know, like all sorts of rainy day options. It was also helpful because I was truly looking for inspiration. (laughs) And and then we could like kind of continue it because then I could pop back and be like, oh, I ended up getting Korean food. You know, what did you get? And and so that kind of thing. Or the Olympics was a good one too. Very good one. Yeah. I will often use – Large sporting events. Yeah. So those are those are the, the category of things that you can do that are not about that individual, but they are a little more specific than the one you're going to use all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the last category, as we mentioned, are things that you draw inspiration from their profile. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people find this really difficult and I, I get it. Like it's, you know, a lot of people have not that much to go on. Yeah. But that's where I start to think of broad categories where if I see this, I always ask this, like the wedding one. Very smart. Thinking of sort of like – it reminds me of like Highlights Magazine where it's like a column of words and then a column of pictures and you draw the lines. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you talk about a wedding, I'm going to say this. Yeah. 
there's, you know, like ones I like football a lot. So if somebody mentions football, I will usually ask something about football because that's authentic to me because I, I like it. Yeah. Um, but you can start to have these categories of things. Um, oh, another one is if you see them, if you see that they like travel or if you see them like in a certain location, you can ask them like, okay, imagine we're on vacation in Turks and Caicos or whatever. Like, what do we have to do first? That's a great one. I actually asked somebody for recommendations recently because mm-hmm. I could tell where they were. I was like, I'm going there in September. What are the you know top three things I need to do? No response. It's like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for nothing. <laughs> useless. Yeah, totally useless. So – and you could get all the way down to being super specific, you know, asking a direct question about something really specific they have in their profile because it seems interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a – you and I have joked about this um, grocery chain in Los Angeles. Tank, our, our gal Tanks talks about it a lot. It's called Erewhon. Yeah. And whenever um, Erewhon is in somebody's profile, Erewhon has this incredible buffalo cauliflower. Okay. And so my question often if they ever mention Erewhon is, what's your favorite thing at the Erewhon hot bar and why is it buffalo cauliflower? <laughs> Um, but some of the, some other ones that um that don't they don't quite get at the same things that yours do with like kind of putting you guys on a date or at an activity together. I often will say like, what's the last thing you watched on Netflix? Or, like, what was your last Google search? Or just like something because often they will say like, wow, this makes me look a lot more practical than I really am. I looked up my closest Home Depot. Like, I'm not that handy, <laughs> and that you know, like that becomes a fun conversation. Um, or like, I just started Shit's Creek. Have you ever seen it? You know, th- those kind of can get the ball rolling at least, um, even though they are not as sort of they don't tap into the same psychology as yours do. Yeah, and then I think that so we've been talking a lot about just questions that have to come out of nowhere like Bumble, but mm-hmm. when we're talking about an app like Hinge, oftentimes you're actually sending a comment on something, whether that's on a particular picture or on a prompt. Do you yep. ever use more generic questions on Hinge? So I have a formula, which okay. is please give me a Yelp review of this blank. And I always try to make it the wackiest thing in the profile. And so like if they're if they're going to use like a picture with their niece or nephew, I'm like, please give me a Yelp review of this child. <laughs> um, and I get really funny responses sometimes where it's like 4.5 out of 5, very cute, need, required a lot of snacks. <laughs> like, I love that. I'm going to take that and start using it. I love. It's a really fun one. And this this sort of – the precursor to this should be – Please, please always send a comment on Hinge and not just a like. Yes. That is best practice. That's one of those things where I try to think about this in dating where like I I inarguably have high standards. I understand that. I recognize what that, you know, does to who I want to date and my prospects. But I try to be really conscious of not holding myself to lower standards. Like I – hold myself to the same ones that I would hold either a friend or somebody I'm dating to. And I universally send a comment. Therefore, yes. I am allowed to expect it in return. Absolutely. Like I'm allowed to expect that be how a man initiates contact with me on Hinge. I totally agree. I also will point at statistics that Hinge themselves have released. This, These are old at this point, but – 
at some point they released statistics that said that comments are three times more likely to get responses than likes. Wow. I mean, believable. Totally. Yeah. And when you send a comment, I highly recommend making it a question. Or your, I mean, your Yelp review thing is kind of a question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a question phrased as a sentence. Yeah, like um, something that like – As O.G. Jared says, I put a period on it. You did. Um, <laughs> um, question for you. Isn't there also data about um, – this is going back a little bit to structuring your profile, but isn't there also data on – videos receiving more comments than pictures on him. Yeah. Again, this is outdated a few years now, but at the time, I can't imagine it's that different. At the time, videos got 10 times more engagement than photos. That is so much more. Yeah. So wow. highly, I tell all my clients, add a video. Even if it's like just a GIF of you, like you can turn a live photo into a GIF. Like you can make a GIF super easily. Yeah. Even if it's not, you know, an exciting video, just movement grabs attention. Yeah. I have a, I do have a video on my – so fun fact, I actually deleted my hinge. Um, oh. I just like wasn't feeling it. I, I, I'm not having any success. I'm just like off hinge. Yeah. But I had a video on my hinge of me unveiling. I made for my friend's um, like fiesta-themed birthday, Guy Fieri's trash can nachos. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, which is where you like construct them in a garbage pail and then flip them and then like pull off the garbage pail. Yeah. And my friend took a video of me like unveiling this tower of nachos. And so again, it like gets at food. It like I'm at a social event, you know, right. whatever. Um, and I did I did have pretty good success on that. That's great. Um, yeah, so I definitely always send comments and I love yours. I also, I often will say something on the lines of like, I have to know more about this and then I'll ask a question or, you know, I'll say something else so that it's like there's a little bit of urgency to it. Yes. Very smart. Uh, I, I also just think of things generally as like, what in this profile is like clickbait? Yep. In a good way. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, what what can I like sink my teeth into here? Like, are you dressed in something wacky? Are you, you know – doing some activity that is interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, speaking of scripts, I have a script for when I send a comment asking a question and then the person, rather than replying to that comment slash question, instead invites me to start the chat. Yes. I've – yes. I love the script. I've used the script. And it's one of those that – the success rate of it is like mixed, but the point yeah. is it reveals the people you want to date. Yes. So to backtrack a teeny bit in terms of like the structure of Hinge. So the way that Hinge works is that unlike a swiping app like Bumble, where you only find out if somebody likes you when you also like them back, on Hinge, you can receive likes and comments from anybody, provided they're within your filters. Right. Um so they can actually, fun fact, they can actually see you if you're if you're not if they're not in your filters, meaning that you could be sending comments and likes to people who will never see them. Just throwing that out there. Savage. Just just disheartening. In any case. So when you receive a comment or a like, you have three options. One, you can decide I don't like this person, X. They won't ever receive a reply from you. Two, you can say something to them either replying to their comment or if they just sent you a like, you can like start the conversation. Three, you can open up 
a conversation window, but say nothing. And then the words, Ali has invited you to start the chat, will appear to the other person. Yep. And your text script is... Now, in the scenario of this, I have asked a direct question. As we mentioned, I always, always send comments and not likes. And nine times out of 10, that comment has a question in it. Mm -hmm. So when I see that a conversation has been opened and the words, Chris has invited you to start the chat, when I really clearly have done so already, I will say, Allie starts chat. Chris invites Allie to start chat. It's playful, but direct. Love yes. it. And like you said, mixed success. But the, I would say that it's feast or famine. Yeah. I either get no response. I actually haven't really gotten any like angry responses to it. Same. I've only, I've often gotten like, oh my God, I like didn't see it or something. Yes. yes. Or I, I've I had a couple people, actually the Duke is somebody that I sent this to. And he was like, basically laughed and was like, you right, you right. Like good call. You know, and then he proceeded to start the chat. And so I think you're right. I think it it indicates somebody that I would want to date is somebody that can accept that sort of standard mm-hmm. of like, hey, you got to meet me halfway here. Yeah. So let's say they've responded to your question in either format. You're now like going back and forth. What do you do with somebody who is just like pelting you with questions? Oh, I so it depends. If we have had any sort of back and forth or if their profile was interesting enough that I do want to go out with them, I will often say like let's talk about this on a date or like I'd love to t- I'd love to tell you more about that or if they're really pelting me I'll say like what will we talk about when we go out if we answer all these questions now. Mm, I like that. It's almost a it's an application of the pen pal script in a way. Yes. Yeah. And and then hopefully that translates into a date. Oftentimes though, the person that's pelting you with questions, I am now no longer interested because of their approach. Yeah. And in those cases, I I often will stop responding. Yeah. I hate to say it. I I mean, understandable. Is that because it kind of like feels overwhelming? I'm assuming the questions aren't inappropriate. It's just no. the it's just the cadence. It's that's... the approach. It's because it feels overwhelming. And I'm not saying yeah. that's ne- that's necessarily best practice. Um, but I do say in my ghosting flowchart that it's not ghosting. Like I don't I don't fault people for, you know, falling off of a dating app conversation with somebody that you, you know, never had a date scheduled with, never met. Yep. I think that happens. Often. Yes. Yeah. Um, You could use something similar to my like no ghosting script in terms of like, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Totally. No. And I, you know, I have girlfriends that feel, they they just personally feel a little rude kind of dropping off with no segue and essentially send like a best of luck on here, like hope Bumble's going great for you, you know, or whatever. Um, And use that to kind of bow out. That's great. And that's probably what I would like recommend as best practice, Um, just being fully honest about what I personally want to do if I'm feeling that sense of overwhelmness. Yes. Whelmed. Yes. If I'm feeling (laughs) overwhelmed. Um, And then – so on the flip side of things, there are the people that continue to just say guacamole. Yes. And what do you do with them? 
I I'm a big fan of matching energy mm-hmm. and sort of seeing like okay like I'll I I come in hot with a question like I'm I'm doing something and then if you kind of downgrade the energy I'll match you there and then it can be like then it's like on you to kind of ratchet it back up again and so like I kind of I always just try to kind of match and if they literally are I mean I sent you a screenshot of one within the week of somebody who I think said guacamole and I said my declarative statement back. And then three days later, he wrote, hi, I'm not responding. Yeah. I agree with you on that no response. I I don't know if I agree about the matching energy thing because I, I like to maintain my own energy at the level that I want my energy to be at. That's fair. And then if that person is not matching that energy, then I move along. Because that I makes don't total really, sense to me too. I don't really want to end up in a scenario where we're like – we have vacillating levels of energy because he his went down so I met him there and now he's ratcheting it back up and, it, and that kind of cycle repeats itself. Mm. I understand that. I think for me, the reason that it – like either way, I think – the person kind of reveals themselves. Definitely. Um, but my thought is I don't want to I don't want to invest kind of like more than they are in it. Even though I've even investment is almost even too like too much for what we are at that point. But um yeah. but yeah, that's that's my personal I personal practice. I'm pulling up the frustrating exchange that I had yesterday that I sent to you after you sent me the guacamole one, which is I said, hey, Adam, big question for you. He said, haha, hit me with it. Great. Fine so far. Fine. I said, okay, imagine we're out to dinner. What shared appetizer are you lobbying for? He said, oh, tough question already. I assumed he was going to then follow that up with an answer. Yep. So I didn't say anything. And then the next day I realized, nope. He didn't. So then I said, one that you don't care to answer? Because I was Apparently. just feeling a little spicy. And he wrote back, ha, 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 sorry, got sidetracked. But that was it. And then never answered. And then never answered. So like I didn't respond to that. Yeah, of course. But Wild. like ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think one of the things is, is it can be quite frustrating I have dead-end conversations like this all the time. I know you do too. Yeah. And it can feel frustrating and like hopeless to continue to have these dead-end conversations. But I think what you said about level of investment is really important here where I try to just kind of let it you know, roll off my back because my level of investment is literally zero. Yep. It's right there. It is at – so between a zero and a one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm writing something to them, yeah, so it's yeah. not totally zero. Yeah. But it's pretty close. Yep. And I think that's another reason why the sort of copy-paste questions are nice in that sense because you're not spending all of this time combing through each person's profile in order to ask an individual question that you may or may not get a conversation out of. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, I think that it is thought like I want to call it like thoughtful triage mm, because mm-hmm. it's not so blind or numbers playing as just like swiping right on everyone you see and then seeing who matches back 
and then kind of sifting through. It's certainly more intentional than that, but it is, it's not, but it's also not time wasting. Completely. Yeah, I I, I do not think of it as a numbers game in that sense. Like it's not like I'm just sending out all of these responses and, you know, I I do want to have genuine conversations with these people and I swiped on them for a reason. And also after I match with somebody, before I even send them the hook, I'm going to make sure that I want to send them that hook because sometimes people slip through the cracks. Of course. So I am wanting to have these conversations. So I think you're right. I think it's sort of optimizing that level of investment. Yeah. I feel like this has been one of our like more helpful like advice episodes. I feel like we, I, this like I feel like we're like doing some good on this one. <laughs> I think so. And also realizing that there's so much more that like we didn't even get to the part where you're like trying to exchange numbers and go on a date. We got to talk right. about dating app profiles. This is another series that we didn't realize would be a series, I think. Yep, per usual. Per well, usual. We'll bring it back next week. We well, not next week, but a different week. Right. <laughs> we will talk about other topics, um, other weeks, and this one other weeks as well. <laughs> That's the tagline. Great. All right. On that note, goodbye. <laughs> Farewell. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.